Hello everyone. I want to take a moment to acknowledge that it's been a difficult and uncertain time, but also a time for gratitude and resilience. There are certainly days when I don't even know how to feel. I've never been so appreciative for the things that I have in my life, my family, friends, a home, access to goods, health, and community, whether it comes in a virtual form or otherwise. It is more important than ever to lean on one another for support and also give ourselves permission to ask for help when we need it. First, thank you to those individuals working on the front line. With that said, please consider sharing your stories of KDFI heroes by tagging at AKDFI underscore IF. Again, that's at AKDFI underscore IF. This effort, led by our International Foundation, aims to highlight and support sisters, our healthcare professionals, researchers, all who are a part of this global effort around COVID-19. In other news, we're continuing to add more voices to this podcast. Our diversity of experiences and questions will hopefully make this listening experience better and better. This time around, we're switching things up and we have a guest host and I'll be on the other side of the mic. She is fantastic and I'm sure you will enjoy hearing from her. I'll let her take it from here. Hey, thanks for tuning in. My name is Melissa Tamavong-Sakern. I'm one of the new voices on the Katie cast. I crossed fall 2012 at the University of South Florida Alpha Alpha chapter. This podcast was recorded during the global COVID-19 pandemic. So we just wanted to express our appreciation to those who are risking their lives right now for us, the essential workers. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Everyone stay safe and um, stay tuned. Today, we're going to be talking about life's little pit stops. All right, I will, um, I'll just go ahead and introduce the both of you. Um, Helen Zhu, you're the amazing Associate Director of Advising at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing and the National Alumni Board Professional Development Manager across spring 2010 at Penn State New Chapter. Thanks so much for being here today. It's a little different for you because you're, uh, you're being interviewed. <laughs> yes. I've been watching so much TikTok lately that there's <laughs> like um, that trending thing where people flip the switch and we're, we're doing that right now. The switch has flipped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Risha Roa. She's a buyer at the Paper Seahorse Papery. Papery? Um, so if you need any stationery or any of those things, uh, you know, you have a sister there. She's also a professional calligrapher and a National Alumni Board President. She crossed spring 2009 at the University of South Florida Alpha Alpha Chapter. Welcome, Risha. Thank you. <laughs> so let's dive right in. Um, I know that we're both, we're, we're both, all three of us are um, kind of in the midst of COVID-19 um, and experiencing some volatility in the stock market. Let's not check our retirement plans right now. Um, but how, Helen, how have you been kind of coping with um, COVID-19 and, and um, self-quarantine? You said you, you've been at home? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, it's definitely been a pretty big shift. Last week I stayed in Philadelphia, which is where I'm from. I could only water my plants so much, and um, <laughs> fortunately, my sister was there to keep me company. 
and we had worked from home and it was nice and enjoyable. But this week I've come back to Delaware to be with my parents and um, just adjusting to uh, adjusting to life now remotely being in higher ed, never having the opportunity to do so, having a lot of face-to-face interactions with students. So yeah, appointment online Gosh. has been very strange. <laughs> yeah, likewise. So, well, so do you really have like plants? Do you have gar- a garden at home? <laughs> do I? Because you I, caught I me with that. <laughs> I know who's gonna water your plants now. I'm worried. <laughs> I I have I've definitely developed a green thumb in the last year or two, but coming back home to be with my parents, my mom is the same way. She's brought all her plants from her office home. So it is like the house is still covered. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I think we need another segment on um, gardening with Helen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you're also from Delaware. That's amazing. I don't think I've ever met anyone from Delaware. So this is, (laughs) I I just feel like this is such a privilege. (laughs) A lot of people say that. Yeah. Um, And Risha, how have you, I know you recently um, got back from Hawaii. That's right. Yeah. How was traveling? during this whole ordeal? Uh, It was a little insane just because I think um, everyone is like on high alert. Mm -hmm. Um, And my coming back home, I think it was a little worse because my flight home kept getting canceled. So I'd have to like keep rebooking Um, even, even to me being at the gate um, from my flight from Honolulu. I was like, wait a second. This ticket you just printed out is not the same ticket that I had when I got into the airport. What is going on? Oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So thankfully I didn't get on that flight because I wouldn't have gotten home afterwards. Um, yeah. So everything was getting canceled, but I made it home. So here I am to, um, I was going to self-quarantine anyway, just in case. Um, but I guess. Uh, Tampa has stay in place or St. Pete has stay in place now. So um, paper is not essential. (laughs) Uh, So I'll be here. (laughs) You're saying you're staying, you're saying stationary is not essential. Yeah. Or is it, or is it essential stationary? Okay. That was a bad pun. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. (laughs) Anyways. um, Yeah. I, I think, um, this kind of preface that, you know, this conversation that we're having today is just, you know, life's little pit stops because I feel like COVID-19, um, it, you know, it's, it, honestly, it's a pit stop. It's not going to last forever. Um, hopefully knock on wood, but I think this is just in so like such an interesting time. Helen and I were talking about how, um, you know, this immediate like switch to virtual and, and remote was mm-hmm. kind of, like a necessary thing because um, I think some companies were doing it and some weren't and now you know everyone's doing it and, and we all kind of have to figure it out and we're all doing it and figuring it out um, so Helen can you talk more about kind of working remote sure um, I feel like there are several organizations like my own where um, very much stuck in the way of doing things. And now without the option to choose whether we want to test out what a virtual meeting looks like or test out um, not having a meeting at all, things are just kind of 
delegated and then we kind of have to make sense of it, which has like the silver lining in all of this because it surely has been a challenging time, especially working in a nursing school where the students that I serve are also then going into work to be in the hospitals and also working with students who have clinical hours that they need to meet. It's definitely been um, a hard few weeks. Um, But on top of that is the silver lining of now figuring out how to work more efficiently, um, be more collaborative too. And kind of what that looks like is like using Microsoft Teams, which is something that our group had never used before, or working collaboratively through a shared document where before it was just kind of like, you're, you're doing your thing, you go in, you pump out your work. Um, but now there's an effort to also just check in on each other and uh, prioritize some of those video conferencing versus phone calls. I was telling uh, Melissa this earlier, but um, when I turned on the camera earlier this week, someone was like, whoa, what are you wearing? And like, <laughs> fine like last week's outfits were way worse last week's hair was way worse but (laughs) still I I appreciated just being able to see someone or even when you go and watch the news and you see Ryan Seacrest in his robe or what people's kitchens look like I feel like they're it adds a human element that may have been missing in the workplace before Mm, yeah totally um so I, I feel like, you know, along those lines, it could be it can be easy kind of to feel overwhelmed um, or sometimes even unfocused. I find myself, um, you know, having to be super intentional with just sticking with a, a schedule and start my day um, working from home. But Risha, um, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, you know, what do you do? How, how do you kind of navigate that um, just in life in general when you kind of feel overwhelmed? Yeah, um, actually, this, this whole working from home thing isn't, I think it's causing less anxiety for me, because essentially, like a lot of the calligraphy that I've done, um, and even some of the work that I I could potentially do from home for the stationery store, um, like that's my normal week is a majority of it is working from home so this transitioning to working from home is not really a big thing um but I would definitely say that in my experience from working from home a routine is definitely necessary um I think we are quickly learning that people are creatures of habit and so the faster you can um, create a routine for yourself um, and stick to it the easier it will be to start working from home so whether that is you know if you were working and you were going to the office um, but you maybe were um, eating breakfast beforehand or you were um you know, exercising or something before you actually went to the office, I would say still do that. Um, I always made it a point to eat breakfast. So I plan on still kind of keeping that routine is kind of like time blocking. Um, My schedule is what I normally do when I do work from home. Um, Because obviously, there's so many things that one, you could be doing for work, or you could be doing for home. And now you're stuck doing all of it in one place all the time. And so that's kind of overwhelming. Um, But working from home has helped me kind of 
hone in on, okay, I'm going to eat breakfast first. I'm going to sit down and really deep dive into like the deep work that I need to do that really needs my focus um, in the morning or the beginning of my day. And maybe I'll only do that until like 1pm. And then I have to switch my brain off or else I'll, you know, go crazy here. So I'll take a break, I'll go outside, walk my dog, maybe eat lunch or you know, um, go, you know, grab lunch from somewhere else. Um, But then to really be intentional, I think at work, when I do go to the workplace, I end up working at my desk while eating. Um, But now, uh, but when I work from home, I really make it a point to kind of separate those things so that it all just doesn't mesh together and become very overwhelming. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned breakfast. I feel like, um, as I've gotten older, I've understood the value of having a good breakfast. Um, although I can totally understand, you know, some days I, I honestly do go without breakfast and I'm like, oh, it's lunchtime. Um, but can you <laughs> share with us some, uh, some breakfast items that, that you, um, that are your, some of your favorites? Sure. Um, normally, if I, if I do work outside the house, I just grab something really quick. I normally eat like um, oatmeal or yogurt and fruit. Um, but when I am at home or working from home, um, again, I try to make it a point that breakfast is like my time. Um, I've become very protective of like my time. So I try mm-hmm. not to watch the news. I try not to like go through my emails that day it's literally just me eating breakfast if I want to like read a devotional or something then I do that during that time but breakfast is like a sacred 30 minutes that I know I will not devote to anything else um so at home I'll maybe do something more elaborate like maybe cook eggs or like (laughs) make rice eat leftovers or something like that but typically it's something quick um just because uh, yeah, like fruits or something, yeah. something that I know will kind of fill me up until lunchtime. Because if I'm trying to make my schedule and not really snack, um, I try to just fill my stomach first. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hel- Helen, do you have any uh, favorite breakfast items? Um. Well, when I was on my routine, I, I wake up pretty early. Risha knows this. Mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> a surpriser. <laughs> Um, so it, breakfast to me is really important and I usually just try to get, um, some protein in, whether that is, I usually just make eggs or hard boiled eggs, um, bring them on my way to work or oatmeal. Sometimes I put protein powder in my oatmeal, which is <laughs> super, <laughs> super <kind> breakfast. <laughs> it's definitely not something that I walk around work, um, showing people, <laughs> I, I close the door and eat it quietly. Um, yeah, those are my go-to. And then if I'm feeling really fancy, I like staging breakfast foods. Um, I'll like cut a soft boiled egg, have it like drip into <laughs> some sweet potatoes. Um, it's either, it's it's one or the other. There's no in between. That sounds really good. Actually. You just painted like the perfect picture. I <laughs> know. I, I, I suddenly am craving a, a soft egg. <laughs> um, so um, kind of diving deeper uh, into, you know, life's little pit stops. Um, Helen, how has a failure or a parent failure, um, you know, that you maybe thought 
you're like, oh, this sucks. But then it was kind of like, oh, that happened for a reason. Set you up for later success. Do you um do you kind of have like a favorite failure of yours? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this um, metaphor of of a pit stop since you've brought it up. Um, in terms of a favorite failure I feel like I've always learned from just some of those moments that I've either um, felt really embarrassing or felt really stressful at the time and have learned so much of from it that I would never want to change it um and and for me and I've shared the story with actually the both of you but um I feel like it was such a pivotal point in just learning how to manage my own emotions and my own self-esteem was when I was doing a job search um, and I was going to a professional development conference and there were a bunch of individuals from all over the country, all different stages of their lives. But again, like I'm going in to this conference in New Orleans, intending to get a job, um, was at this Asian American Pacific Islander summit where we were kind of peeling back the layers of what it means to be able to talk about yourself, really sell yourself, not put yourself down um, because we're socialized to do that so often um, to not necessarily brag for or brag about ourselves or um, to be humble. And there was this exercise where um, we had to pretty much do um, a fire squad round of interview questions. You didn't know what to expect. And at that time that terrified me. Now I've kind of appreciated not knowing questions in advance and kind of letting it grow organically. But I remember thinking this is possibly the worst activity we could be doing right now. Um, And like I was in my group, I already felt very uncomfortable and very anxious. And the person who was facilitating was um, like in a very high leadership position, someone who I admired too. So when he went, Helen, like, tell me about, tell me why you should deserve this promotion. I like started panicking inside. Like I was pulling all the fire alarms, (laughs) but of course, like, this professional conference you need to just um say something and it was like one of those moments where I was like I don't know what to say I don't even know where to start so uh, just things were coming out of my mouth and um I knew it felt so fake and I could feel like my cheeks being flushed too and uh like once you start you like can't stop but then I was like I I just stopped mid-sentence I said I really don't know to where how to, how to even talk about myself. That's how uncomfortable it felt for me in that moment. And to me, that felt like such a failure. Not only was I just embarrassed, ashamed that I couldn't like just get it together for a couple minutes, just fake it till I make it, but had really started to look a little bit deeper, internalize some, or try not to internalize it and think like, why was that so difficult? Um, Is this something that I can steer clear of in the future? Mm. Uh, To me, it 
was like a defining moment and and I feel like there are like three or four critical points in my life where I was like okay this is something bigger than just what happened um this is something that is like very personal to me and something that I need to look at it a little bit more um and kind of really took that as a point to just bounce off of or bounce back from too yeah so so that really helped you kind of you know hone in um the ability to speak about yourself um and and be prepared to do that um and at least you know it was kind of in a semi-safe space right and uh, amongst um colleagues who uh really want to see you succeed um but thanks so much for sharing that um that experience with us yeah of course Um, Risha, do you can you share with us a favorite failure of yours? Sure. I don't know if there's ever a, fa- a favorite failure. I know, but, right? Uh... A... I'm really <laughs> just killing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation because I feel like um, externally, Helen, your your path just seems like you had to have this trajectory. So I'm excited to hear all about your pit stops. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me, I think the biggest, I guess, like eye opening, like, okay, this is not how I was thinking my life would be, um, moment was probably when I, um, made the conscious decision to switch from like my path to, um, uh, physical therapy school to like doing calligraphy, which is like totally not the same path at all um and I think I had put myself kind of on this path to go into the medical field um because kind of similarly to what Helen was saying is that we are kind of conditioned um to to accept certain things um to think about ourselves in certain ways um so you know I kind of self-imposed that I needed to go into uh, a field that is pragmatic, um, that, you know, I would have like a a quote unquote stable career in. Um, And so all this while from like high school to even um, graduating college was getting into physical therapy school. Um, And then I was working at a small physical therapy clinic here in St. Pete. And um, and then I started kind of working at the stationery store that I am currently um, doing their buying for, um, just part-time, just helping out. Um, and at the same time, it was kind of when I was um, getting into calligraphy and kind of um, getting more clients, um, actual paying clients. Um, and I realized, hey, like, I really enjoy doing creativity. And I feel like um, throughout my whole life, in high school to college, there's always things that kept pulling me back into being creative and creating things, making things. Um, but I always told myself, like, this is just something that you do for fun. Like, you don't don't try to go down that road. Um, you're not – this is not practical. Um, and so – I, I consider it a failure because this is not what I had planned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but in the, you know, in the long term in retrospect, I feel like 
I having that conversation with my boss at the physical therapy place, telling her like, okay, this is, you know, I love therapy. I love, um, you know, I love this space in the medical field, but this isn't what I want to do. Um, and this isn't what's going to make me happy in the long run. And to really kind of like push myself off that ledge and follow that passion that's not at all practical um, was kind of a huge, it was a huge weight off of me. Um, and it kind of, in a weird way, it kind of made my life limitless. Um, mm. So even though I was, I was in internally, I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, are you really going to like, take the shirt, take the path <laughs> that is like least, you know, like, you're going into a bush right now. Least defined. Walking, <laughs> yeah, walking the straight path that you can like, properly follow. Um, and so it was it was pretty scary. But I think, you know, in the long run, like I said, it's just made my life a little bit more open than I think I would have been if I had just continued on um, that path to being a physical therapist. I think um, I would have, I would have been happy, but I don't think I would have been where I was supposed to be. Yeah, I think the both of your uh, both of your examples, and thank you so much for sharing, Arisha. Um, you know, I feel like courage is probably the first word that kind of popped in my head. I think it takes a lot of courage to, one, identify and be that self-aware to say, oh, gosh, like, I, I may need to work on this or I may need to, like, pivot and change. Um, I think that's so huge to actively manage your life and not be passive and kind of um, just kind of, you know, go on default mode. Um, so huge kudos to the both of you um, for having that self-awareness um, to identify that. What advice would you give to a, to a driven college student um, about to enter, quote unquote, the real world and kind of getting into adulting? Um, going along the lines of, of what you guys mentioned, I graduated with a degree in public health. Thank the Lord that I'm not in it right now because I will not survive. <laughs> I realized very fast that I was not meant to be in public health, um, that I was really meant to be in business. And when I got into business school um, and I'm finishing my MBA right now, I realized like, gosh, this is where I was supposed to be this whole entire time. But, you know, sometimes you need uh, the pit stops to kind of uh, pivot and, and kind of help you have realizations. But what advice would you give to um, to a college student about to enter into the real world, um, Risha? Um, I would say I would I would say this for students in college and not just like almost graduating is take the time, especially in college, to do all of the internships that you can, or at least put yourself in a place where you're. I want to say like quote unquote constantly playing. Or, or experimenting in the fields that are that are interesting to you. Um, because, like, I wish I had done more internships in PT um, in undergrad, just because maybe I would have figured it out sooner that that's not where I was supposed to go. Um, but I also maybe could have gotten an internship doing something completely different, and maybe I would be in a different boat. Um, but I would say that 
take the time now where you don't have to worry about like real life bills and all of those things, um, getting off your parents' insurance or <laughs> all of that stuff that comes with being an adult, um, to play around, to experiment in all of the different industries that might interest you because you never know where your passion will land or or maybe you'll find out you don't have a passion for something, but you have a knack for something. Um, and you won't find that out unless you actually like dive into it. A hundred percent. Helen, do you have any advice? Yeah. One love all of that, Risha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've been really honing on this idea of what does it look like to overcome a fear of failure and um, nothing in life is frictionless because I feel like especially when I was an undergrad or even just a few years after undergrad I feel like I I would hold my breath going to every situation just hoping for the best like trying to do things um, really well perfect by whoever's standards by my own standards by other people's standards but the shift in perspective of if I can be desensitized to this idea of failure being a part of the learning process then um to like use Risha's words earlier then it would like it would be so freeing Mm -hmm. too think of it as like this plinko board where you like drop the little coin at the top and you know for everything that you run into it points you in a different direction and you just like keep going down until you eventually end up in a little pocket and hopefully a pocket that you want to be in but it's a matter of just like being so okay with okay I've run into something all right now I just turn and move um because nothing truly is frictionless um and with that, then it kind of, all, all those little pit stops are really just refueling stations. Um, I really like metaphors. <laughs> I love them. So thank you for allowing me to really grow on this one. But like, I, they're, they're more exciting too of just things to come. It seems a little bit unexpected. The unexpected seems a little bit less scary and hoping that, um, whether it's a college student or really any person of just um, embracing that rather than fearing it, it'll make life a lot more manageable, hopefully. Yeah. And you know, that, that reminds me of this. um, And I'm sure we've all heard it of, you know, being uncomfortable means that you're growing or, um, and, and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so true. Like I equate it to when I walk into a room, when I had, when I know, absolutely no one like I don't know anyone and it's usually like a networking event or something like that and I'm so uncomfortable I'm like oh my gosh please like this is horrible but it's really like that right there is the time to to step out and and grow and I always make it a point and this is just a oddly specific example of you know the first five seconds I'm in a room I make it a point to introduce myself to someone just to break that like discomfort Mm -hmm. um but um, yeah, I, I think with life's little pit stops um, and going along w- with this theme, what's one of the best or most worthwhile um, investments you've ever made? Um, and that could be, you know, money, time, energy, it, you know, Helen, whether it's like waking up earlier, um, 
could you share um, with us one of the best or most worthwhile investments, Risha? Um, hmm. I guess it would have to be, um, and this, I guess I could also consider a pet, a pit stop too, because um, the first class that I took for calligraphy, I actually wasn't intending to take that class. I was looking for a different class and it just so happened that this was the only thing available. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was just like, okay, whatever, I'll sign up for it. Um, because I wasn't looking to learn call- calligraphy at all. Um, and then I ended up falling in love with it. And um, I guess doing well enough where it was just like, okay, wow. And people want to pay me now. This is crazy. Um, and being able to mm-hmm. teach it. And so if I hadn't, if I hadn't just kind of you know, threw my hat in the air and was like, okay, yeah, I'll just take this class because it's the only one here. Or if I had been so gung ho on like trying to find the class that I, you know, was intending to, um, and not had taken this class at all, my life would definitely, I don't, I'd probably be in PT school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think, it, uh, to to Helen's point is uh, the plinko board. It was just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'll go in this direction. Okay, I guess I'll end up here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so taking that one class uh, changed the trajectory of everything. Wow, that's amazing, Helen. Do you have um, any investments that you'd ever made and and kind of changed your life? Yeah, um, something that just comes to mind of investing in taking a risk. Um, So after grad school, I moved to Wisconsin, which I had no connection to Wisconsin at all. It was a matter of seeing a job that seemed interesting. Um, I was kind of like seeking, I was like, whatever, like I am seeking something um, a little bit different and, you know, go to Wisconsin. That's, (laughs) that's where you'll get it. Um, and I, I felt very privileged that I was able to do that and be able to pick up and just go try something different. Um, I I will say I ended up really not liking it. Um, it, it was a really, really difficult 14 months, 15 months, however long I was there. Um, learned a lot about what I tolerate in my day-to-day life or in professional life or just what was important to me. And I kind of put everything into this one opportunity, which um, was, was a lot just riding on it in the first place. But when I was given the opportunity or, and had sought out an opportunity to come back to the East Coast, it really helped recalibrate um, what I thought was important in my life, which was being close to family. Um, And I think if I did not invest or pursue something that was surely outside of my day-to-day ordinary um, life and live by myself, move to a different city, kind of figure out how to find a doctor and everything else that comes with being in weather that was negative 10 degrees on some days um, were were just so many different learning moments that helped me just appreciate coming home. Yeah. I love that. I I think um, 
a big takeaway from from what you both said is being flexible um, with yourselves of, you know, I, I feel like we are pretty driven individuals and we sometimes have these expectations set for ourselves. And um, when something doesn't work out, it's like, oh, gosh, but like, this is what I said I was going to do. Um, but being flexible with with ourselves, um, I think, is extremely important and being patient um, with, you know, where life takes us and, and all the ups and downs. Um, but I want to close with just kind of a bird's eye view um, idea. You know, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, um, essentially getting a message out to millions of people, what would it say and why? It could be a few words or, or a paragraph. <laughs> Um, whoever wants to go first for, for this one. Hmm. How much am I paying for this billboard? (laughs) (laughs) The billboard is free. (laughs) It's a good good advertisement question. Um, Helen, do you want to go? Do you have one? I don't have one off the, um, hmm. um, I think on my billboard, I would put be kind. Um, uh, and that's like a reminder to myself also, yeah. um, to, to one, be kind to other people, but to be kind to myself. And, um, I, my Myers-Briggs personality is INTJ. So, um, uh, for me, a lot of the times I see the world in like black and white or right and wrong. Um, and I often have to remind myself that there are, there are always going to be multiple sides to one situation. There's, um, you know, multiple solutions, multiple pers- uh, perspectives. Um, and there's always a backstory to everything. So I have to choose and remind myself to be kind and compassionate mm-hmm. because sometimes I am just like, well, that's not right. That's not what the rule says, <laughs> you know, Um but so, yeah, I think being kind is more that huge billboard would be a lot more of a reminder for me. Um, but hopefully it would remind everybody else that um, we're all we're all kind of just navigating this life, um, you know, not maybe not always together, but at the same time. Um, so, yeah, and we're all taking the pit stops. Um and we're all just kind of trying to make our way. So just be kind to one another. Be kind. I love that. Helen? It's such a virtuous conversation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I am an ISFJ. Um, and so I, I've been looking around on my desk of what would inspire me if I were to put it on a billboard. Um, and I'm looking at something called the day designer and it's a little notepad where on the right hand side, it says today, actually I can. And then on the right side, it says tomorrow it's there for a reason. And I feel like I spend so much of my life and through conversations with other people and, uh, frankly, like Instagram posts and something it's, it's like this, um, lack of appreciation for today because we're always striving for something else out there or it's like a matter of 
I need to do everything today. But like this day re- designer reminds me that tomorrow it's there for a reason. So to kind of appreciate what is happening today. Um, something with with time. But I think for me is just, especially during these yeah. times where things are heightened, um, priorities maybe shift, maybe there's a care of checking in with one another is um, uh, appreciate today. Yeah. I am there with you, Helen. Um, my billboard would say thankful always. Uh, that's been my mantra for a long time. Um, Cause I feel like through gratitude, I was going to say gratitude <laughs> through, gra- through <laughs> gratitude. Um, I find just focus and be and, and it just, it just shifts my whole attitude. Um, we can all get cranky sometimes. I am, I was cranky yesterday. Um, and you know, I was like, gosh, I, I'm thankful that I have a job to go to and, um, thankful for just little things. Like when I'm running, I will literally, if I'm like starting to kind of get in my head and like, Oh, this really sucks. Like I don't want to run anymore. And like, let me just start walking. I will literally say like, be like thankful you're breathing and you're running. Right. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of, um, yeah, I'm right there with you with, with the gratitude and just being present. Um, so thank you both so much for sharing your, um, your thoughts and your time with us today. Um, I think, you know, it's important that we um, just remember that life has little pit stops and that's what they are. They're pit stops. They're there to recharge you. They're there to redirect you, um, to um, encourage you. Um, but, you know, that's part of life. And I think our sisterhood is a huge part of um of just ma- what makes this life special for us. So thank you again. And uh, we'll talk soon and stay safe. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Thanks so Helen. much. As always, thank you so much for listening. Remember to nominate sisters who you want to hear from by emailing secretary at akdfialum.org. Again, that is secretary at akdfialum.org.